Perhaps the most frequently asked question has to be, what can we do to win? Or it could be, any hints? It's some variation of a question about what a team can do to win. No matter what they read or how smart or ethical they think they are, most humans want to have that extra leg up. They want some assuredness or as much comforting thought as possible of their success. That's got to just be human nature because everyone that I've observed does it or has done it. Maybe even you. I just tell people the truth. The only real chance you have to win is teamwork. You can be as smart as Albert Einstein and as gifted as Enrico Fermi, but unless you work as a team, there will be no Manhattan Project. We have the dictionary definition of teamwork actually blown up and printed on the wall in our lobby. It stands out perfectly against the pale lavender wall with our large logo emblazoned. When people, when people ask, how can we win, or ask for a tip, the answer is always the same, teamwork. The interesting thing about this job, even if you tell people the answers, they still F it up. I'm not kidding either. I've told people the combinations are answers to locks and clues, and they'll say, he's lying. Let's try blank. The typical group size for one of our escape rooms is four to five people. Groups of six are common, but that's mostly because we have Groupon as an ad service. The six-person Groupon deal is one of our most popular items. Our rooms can fit a maximum of eight people, of which we have three. We can accommodate teams and large parties by simply dispersing the players accordingly. Our corporate events are a lot of fun, and the teams have a great time. A lot of differences between departments have been settled in our walls. Accounting versus IT or finance versus HR. For groups larger than 24 people, we accommodate the teams in sections. One group of 24 people and the next group of 24 right after. It takes about six minutes to properly reset a room. A quick bathroom break, eyes and ears for the rules and scenario, and it's back to business. Even though you have members of the same family or groups of old friends or coworkers, that does not mean they'll work well together. It's no guarantee that they will win or even be able to effectively motivate themselves. Even after they ask what tips you can give them and you tell them teamwork. It's fascinating, really. They all know each other. They ask for the best tip possible. I tell them teamwork and they prove incapable of working as a team. Morbidly fascinating. That's an excerpt from a new book coming soon called Escape Your Ego. And it details life, or rather behind the scenes, at an escape room. It's weird. The person who wrote it is weird, too. Maybe we'll have him on someday. Good morning, Aurora. Actually, you can see the time. It's 2.33 p.m. It's no longer good morning, Aurora. We swiped that out. It's good afternoon, Aurora. But just today, just to reiterate who we are, we are Aurora's number one daily news, local news, show, podcasts, all of the above, Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Tuning in, broadcasting for you. But today we're doing something special. We've got the afternoon edition, the special edition, exclusive. Um, and we have some good stuff to talk about, some of the local initiatives going on, 
the uh, survey that is from Aurora Regional Business, or excuse me, the Aurora Chamber of Commerce and Invest Aurora. We're going to be talking about that. And at 3 o'clock, we have a wonderful interview today. We have Desiree Battaglia, the media release, excuse me, media relations specialist with Northwestern University, talking to us about career development and uh, what is going on, taking place at this time with the COVID-19 going on here in our city, state, and country, and also uh, good wines, good wines. Besides, uh, you know, putting the word out for Northwestern and making the fly media, she's also, you know, a vintner in her spare time. I don't know what she's doing, but she's got skills. So we'll be talking to her, and that's at 3 o'clock. Right now, Aurora, the temperature is 57 degrees. Humidity is 93%. The wind is gusting. And, uh, yeah, looks like the rain's going to keep coming. We like rain on this station, so if you like rain, you'll love it. The worse the weather, the better. Good tea drinking weather. Um, tomorrow, partly cloudy. Thursday, partly cloudy. Friday, partly cloudy, 75 degrees. And then rain Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday of next week. So, the Aurora Regional Chamber of Commerce and Invest Aurora have a reopening survey circulating. Uh, and business insights are needed. Businesses region-wide are suffering a significant impact related to COVID-19. Please take just a few minutes to complete this survey to help better understand what your business is experiencing as a result of the COVID-19 crisis so that we can better advocate on your behalf. They will be compiling an analysis report of the findings, and a complimentary copy of the report will be provided to you if you fill out the uh, survey by providing your name and email at the end of the survey. All responses strictly confidential. Please participate in this survey if you are a Aurora business. We are coming to you live from downtown Aurora, broadcasting on out to the whole world, the whole universe. Um, to reiterate for those who've just been joining us, we are a podcast dedicated to two main issues. One is social justice, uh, speaking out on those uh, things and incidents and uh, parts of our American life and fabric that may need a little bit more highlighting. You know, we put a highlighter on it. And the second is speaking up for the underserved, the underserved, specifically our veterans, our seniors, our undocumented population, our members of the LB. GT community and uh, some of our uh, business and community partners as well. So in conjunction to speaking out for them and featuring them, they get random shout outs. So shout out to Treadwell Coffee. You know, that's a that's a we do that a lot. Two brothers. Shout out. RJ O'Neill. Shout out. Pilmer Real Estate. Shout out. Large shout-outs to the whole downtown Aurora, everybody, the whole Aurora. And shout-out Northwestern for the cool person that we are interviewing today. Now, got something else that I wanted to share with you guys. As you know, we've been sharing daily. This is episode six, our second week. Last week, uh, we, was our first weekend, we do something daily. We share the COVID-19 daily totals, uh, world, or excuse me, uh, U.S.-wide, state or countrywide. At the moment, we have 1,480,349 total cases of COVID-19 in the U.S. with 13,284 
new cases. The total deaths are a sad and tragic 89,407 individuals with 698 new deaths. Uh, this information comes directly from the CDC website, which is cdc.gov, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. On their website, you will see a break, uh, several breakdown maps, cases and deaths by state, which are color-coded. You can enter in your state and look up by county, if need be. New cases by day, cases by age, cases by race and age, and cases by ethnicity and age. As we know, the COVID-19 has been disproportionately affecting African Americans and Latinos. Um, so stay healthy and stay safe. Um, another thing that we saw, which we like to eat, Mike Ditka's restaurant. It's closing. It's closing permanently. This is a tragedy. This is the opposite of good. I mean, the, the food, man. They had onion rings out of this world. They had they made a, a mean Manhattan at the bar, too. You know, I mean, just shout out to Mike Ditka's man. Mike Ditka's is closing permanently due to the COVID-19. It is a wrap for Mike Ditka's. There's a lot of iconic uh, businesses going under. J.C. Penney, they're going bankrupt. It's a wrap for J.C. Penney. I mean, I don't know how many of you... You know, I may be showing my age here, but once upon a time, you know, J.C. Penney, when you got those socks for Christmas, you were you were good with those. They lasted long. Oh, you know, to get a shirt from J.C. Penney, first day of school, boy, you were clean. Yeah, that's right. J.C. Penney is going out of business. Very sad, very sad indeed. All right. The Aurora Public Library has a poetry reading with A-Town Poetics, original poetry in an online event, and a virtual gardening project. The project will be to make a homemade seed tray and planter. Fun for the whole family. Uh, shout out to the Aurora Public Library. They have ongoing, continuous, rapid-fire, fun events to do at home, and they have had this whole time of COVID-19 uncertainty and quarantine. So, um reach out or excuse me uh follow them on facebook and follow them on instagram aurora public library the world's greatest library and i don't know if these are still being held uh there's some city meetings today uh there is the rules administration and procedures meeting that's at three o'clock p.m today it was at city hall i know they're doing everything virtual these days i think it's still taking place and then the committee of the whole meeting is at 5 p.m the time is now 2.41 p.m. Um, yeah, and so holler at them. You know, just because you can't go to the physical location, you know, you, need, you still got to stay woke. So log in, check out the page, you know, put it on mute and just listen in, take part, be a part of local government. friend of mine last week, I had the pleasure of interviewing named Allie. She is a female United States Marine Corps veteran. Uh, her dedication to our vets and to our populations here in Aurora is strong and firm. She gave me an article and pulled my coattail to a very sad story that I wanted to share with you. And this is the kind of thing that this podcast was created for. 
in Augusta for residents of the transitional housing facility for homeless and in need women veterans say they were shocked last Thursday night when told they had to be out by Tuesday. The women who live at the Betsy Ann Ross House of Hope, an Augusta residential facility run by a nonprofit formed to help women veterans find stable housing, said they were given the news by the organization's board president. As of Monday, none had been able to find a new place to live and all feared being left homeless. Board member John Crowley said the women are not being evicted, but have been asked to temporarily move out. He said Monday the facility's doors will remain open to them for as long as it takes for them to find new housing. The four women said that was not what they heard last week from Anita Weeks, president of the board of directors. According to the veterans, Weeks came in after all other house staff had left for the day and told the tenants they needed to be out by Tuesday. Angela Husband, a Marine Corps veteran who served in the Persian Gulf, said most of the residents have injuries or mental health problems connected to their military service and have not been able to find other places to go. She said it was already difficult finding housing during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, it's even harder with two business days notice coupled with service-related health problems. Husband said residents were first told they had to move out because the organization was trying to get ahead of the coronavirus but she believes the organization wanted to close the house to reorganize. Quote, I think it's illegal what they're doing, putting people with secondary medical conditions into harm's way. We're very concerned. We're very scared. End quote, she said. Rebecca Danley, a former Navy nurse who served from 1974 to 1978, said she was placed in the House of Hope by a social service officer after she suffered elder abuse. She said she does not know what she is going to do if she cannot stay there. I'm homeless and I don't have money to pay for anything, Danley said. I have moderate Alzheimer's and PTSD. I have disabilities and I just can't be put out on the street on a whim. They told us we had to get out and they only gave us Friday and Monday to try to find places to go, said Katrina Zuckerman, who was a CB in the Navy from 2008 to 2016. I came up here because I became homeless in Portland, Portland and there is no other place for female vets. The only refuge is this house which is supposed to be a safe haven. Very sad and unfortunate story. Uh, this link, though, we will make sure that we post it to our uh, Facebook, our Instagram, and our uh, Twitter so you guys can take a look at that. It's a very uh, sad story, but that's the kind of thing that lets you uh, see fully what may or may not be lacking in humanity in times of uh, trouble with our fellow man. The time is now 2.45 p.m. And once again, at 3 o'clock, we will be speaking with Desiree Battaglia from Northwestern. All right, so did you know that the United States government has not spent $500 billion dollars of the coronavirus relief fund that was supposed to be paid. Did you know that? That's sad. That is that is strange. Through a monitoring commission, $500 billion of coronavirus relief funding produced, or rather, a report detailing its production. According to that report, there were not many receipts to comb through. The Treasury Department 
has so far dispersed only $37.5 billion. The $37.5 billion was put toward purchasing corporate debt, which will largely benefit big companies. Of the $500 billion total, $29 billion is available for airlines, and $17 billion is available for businesses, quote, critical to maintaining national security, according to the report. I don't feel safe riding a plane right now. I don't know, right? No, nah, you know, I don't... I couldn't do it. I don't care how, how cheap the flight was. Ten bucks. Italy. I can't go. I can't go. Um, no loans have been doled out from that reserve pot of money, nor has any public documentation been released on who the money is going to. Um, I find that very disturbing because another inference, or excuse me, uh, another reason, determining factor as I mentioned behind this podcast, is that we know and are affiliated with businesses, colleagues, members of shared council who are business owners, who have had those troubles, who jumped through all the hoops to fill out things and get them in by the deadline. And if you don't have it in by this deadline, you will be ineligible for this. Come to find out, money's being spent are not being spent correctly, and in some cases, not at all with more money to be spent. That is very sad. The time is now 2.48 p.m., and we are going to take a short musical break. We're back. We're back. We are back. Good afternoon, Aurora. But only for today. Only for today. Uh, you're turn. You're, excuse me. You're tuned into. Tongues all messed up on the microphone. You are tuned into Aurora's number one, the first, 
the only, the original, daily, dedicated news radio show for you every single day. Tune in. All the news that's fit to print and everything worth talking about here on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, wherever you're listening to us at. Uh, thanks for tuning in and being part of the discussion. At two, or excuse me, at three o'clock, might be kind of loud for you guys out there. We are broadcasting to you live from the trenches, <laughs> live from downtown, like as down as you can get in the town. The heart, the heart. You can hear America moving at top speed in the heartland of America. There's a big job to be done, but this is not. This is not country radio. This is Good Morning Aurora, the dopest podcast you ever heard in your life. So, in addition to um, what's going on with the um, the survey to be completed with the Chamber of Commerce and Invest Aurora, also, quite unfortunate, there was the declaration that all of the uh, city events are canceled when it comes to uh, parades and things like that. All the parades are canceled uh, for the rest of the year. That is rather unfortunate and very sad because, um, you know, nothing's going on. Twister and Snoop Dogg were supposed to come. And now look, you know, that's not happening. <laughs> there is going to be no Twister and no Snoop Dogg. Very, very, very unfortunate. We just got to the place where Twister and Snoop Dogg are coming, uh, you know, coming to holler at us. And now they're not coming, which is very, very unfortunate. They may be back, though. They may be back. The time is now 2.52 p.m. Now, that, I think, was smart. However, because as nice as uh, River Edge Park is, there's not really any room to socially distance. And it wasn't made for socially distancing either. Like, it's the big, you know. And I'm of the opinion that, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it all the way. You know, do it all the way. Do it smart. Do it safe. I mean, what's the point of having 291 people see Twister when 290,000 would be willing to come see Twista, but you just want to have, you know, that's not. So safety first in all aspects. Safety first. So that was a good call. Uh, quite unfortunate because some of our fellow colleagues and respected citizens also have initiatives that they were planning for this year to be big and all that and good for the residents. Uh, I'm talking about the 4th of July parade and the Memorial Day parade and a few other initiatives, uh, the Pride parade. And um, I mean, just so much stuff, you know, but hopefully things get better and they get better quick. And we can go back to all that cool fun and do the, uh, the food truck festival. Holler at your boy, man. Right down there, that was a good one. I think on like Benton Street. Yeah, that's Benton, where the old um, Aurora Public Library used to be. And it's now the headquarters of the American Legion, post 84. Holla! Shout out to the squad. That's the Legion. The time is now 2.53 p.m. And doing this in the afternoon time is weird, like... Right? It's, it's kind of, I don't know. I mean, this is a special edition, so it's awesome anyway, but, like, I like the morning time. You know? I like the morning time. I like the I like the kind of surprise nature of it all. You know? I'm a little bit more weird in the morning time. Now I'm kind of sane, and it's like, 
do your homework, kids. You know, it's like, it's just kind of strange. But anyway, uh, coming up at 3 o'clock in another six minutes, we will be having our interview with Desiree Battaglia, media, media relations specialist for Northwestern um, Medicine. Right? Yeah, Northwestern Medicine. I don't know what the hell I was going to say. Like Northwestern Hospital. I think it's all the same thing, though, maybe. I, I think that would... No, 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 it's not the same thing. It's not. It is not the same thing. Completely different. Apples and oranges, you know? It's like Columbia, the school, and Columbia, the country. Like, bruh. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same at all. Um, so, now here's the thing that we're going to do. Um, once upon a time, there was a man who stepped on grapes. And I don't know what he did with the juice after he stepped on it and discovered fermentation, because that would have taken a long-ass time. But eventually, there was wine. And wine is one of those things that makes life worth living. There is the famous Latin, I believe, phrase, in vino veritas, which means in wine there is truth. It's also been said that a drunk man's words are a sober man's thoughts. And if that's true, wine had to be the first person to check that box. But I am a red guy, but I also like like a little bit of, you know, like the white to cook with, especially if you're making a delicate shrimp scampi to pour over linguine. But that's another story. Maybe we do some food on the on the good morning. Or you never know. We might do a little bit of food here and there. We just might. We just might. The time is now 2.56 p.m. And I think that we'll see if our awesome friend, Miss Battaglia is ready. Let's see. Let's knock on the door. See what's happening. Hello. Hey, Chris. Can you hear me? Yeah. How you doing? All right. Good. How are you? Good. Good. Very well. Welcome to Good Afternoon, Aurora. And thanks for doing this yes, with us. Good afternoon. <laughs> good to see you. Good to see you. So, uh, happy Tuesday afternoon at about 3 o'clock. Um, for, for those who just tuned in, can you let us know um, who you are, introduce yourself, and uh, give us your background? Yeah, absolutely. So, my name is Desiree Battaglia, and I work as a media relations specialist for Northwestern Medicine. Uh, I've been on the job for six months now, so it's something that's relatively new. Same type of work, but completely different industry from what I was doing before. Um, but I know you were talking about Northwestern a little earlier, so Northwestern Medicine is the health system. You work for um, Northwestern Memorial Hospital is the hospital downtown, and I have colleagues that are focused on getting media attention for that hospital, but I'm focused on the western suburbs. So uh, Central DuPage Hospital in Winfield, Delmore Hospital in Geneva, Valley West out in Sandwich, Kishwaukee Hospital in um, DeKalb, and then Mary and Joy Rehabilitation Hospital in Wheaton. Nice. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, I'm getting um, Northwestern Medicine experts, doctors, nurses, dietitians, everybody in the health system, um, getting their names out in the news media, as well as patient stories, 
Patient stories and then getting the officials, getting them out there. Yeah, getting the doctors, nurses, physical therapists, dietitians, anybody that's, you know, with our, our healthcare system. Yeah. So the media relations specialist for Northwestern, that sounds about as important as president of the United States of America. How did you tell us about your journey? How did you how did yeah, you get there? No, the journey here is really interesting. Um, so like I mentioned, I'm doing something completely different than I was before. I was working as the public relations manager for Wilton for six years. And um, that would actually take it back a little further even. So my degree and my, my focus in college was journalism. Um, I was interested in broadcast journalism. I did some internships. I worked on the college paper and the college TV station. And then um, it's just been interesting to see you know, how my career path has unfolded along the way. Um, I never thought that I would get into public relations back when I was in school, and um, when the opportunity came up with Wilton, I was just in a place where I was like, I need something creative, I need something that gets me back to communications and just working with the media uh, and having that involvement, so I love it because I get to work with freelance writers for, you know, big websites like um, Healthline or um, kind of so like parents.com, I have some things in the work with them too. Um, I get to, with my role with Wilton, I got to work with magazine editors, and then I work with TV producers a lot. So I'm getting all of that storytelling aspect to the media, and um, it's really rewarding when you pitch something out, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I want to cover that. Um, and they put it in there. So with Wilton, that's the cake decorating and bakeware products company, I was, of course, you know, encouraging people to try their hand at cake decorating, and I was doing demos with that and showing you how to decorate a cake, ice a cake, um, and promoted those products for a long time, like I said, six years. But I think it's really important to recognize if you've reached a point in your career where you're, you know, you're not learning anything new. I describe myself as stale at that point. Like, everything was still fun. It was good. I had some clout because I was there for a while. I knew what I was doing. But it just felt like I... I'm not being challenged any further, and I'm to a point where I can't self-motivate. Right. And I think that, you know, that's important to recognize that, because you could just stay comfortable and keep in that zone, but I, I was like, okay, I have a lot of working years left in my life, and it's time to venture out into something else. And right. when this opportunity came across, you know, I came across the media relations role in Northwestern Medicine, I really liked the team and what they had to offer. I realized there were so many, so many different people that I could learn from. So I decided to jump on it, and I have zero regrets so far. Everything's been great. But I definitely didn't know that six months into this job, we'd be in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, interesting, to say the least. <laughs> you got some luck. I, yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so, um, as, so the audience may not be aware, but I am aware of your time with Wilton, the cake decorating company, um, and you did really good work on a visual level. So all the product that you put out, all of the media that you put out was very good. I mean, there it was my job, like I said, to promote the products, promote the brand name, and there were some different ways I did that. You know, getting the products out on like good housekeeping, good housekeeping.com list 
organizing a feature in a magazine. I also did some local TV. Um, you know, went and did some appearances, or they have their little outlet sales. So I do things then. And then I got to host a weekly show. It was actually every Tuesday afternoon, Facebook Live. And I can't believe I did that for three years. I mean, the time just flies. It really does. But it's it's cool, like I said, to look back and see all the building blocks of things you've done. Because when I was in college, you know, I love being on camera. I love doing that stuff. And then when I got to Wilson, you know, there weren't a lot of people that were comfortable with being on camera. So I got to use that skill and develop it a totally different way. I mean, I had no cake decorating experience before working there. It was just another example of pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone and to just keep adding, you know, to the skills you have. You never know how they're going to come in handy. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 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 so to segue into the um, career path, what advice would you give somebody... Um, who is now looking for or going to be trying to transition into the the job field after this yeah. pandemic? So, so you're talking about somebody that already is working, you know, they have maybe a few years of experience type of thing? Yeah, I guess a better way to say it is um, coming out of this pandemic and being stagnant for those who are not essential workers. Okay. You know, what's, yeah. what's the best thing that they could do to show some initiative and show some motivation and show that they may have not been stagnant this whole time. Oh, sure. Yeah, if anyone's not working right now. Well, it's interesting, too, because my experience, my, my work experience prior to public relations is that I worked in staffing for a staffing company for a period of time, and that was, you know, temporary, time to hire work, and that was, a, I was working with a lot of people who had a big gap in their resume due to the recession. So um, just going off of what I know and what I've seen, I would say that, you know, potential employers are going to be understanding of the fact that we've been in the middle of a pandemic. Um, They're going to understand, you know, the break in your resume may be tied to that. Hopefully you're able to just highlight some of that recent and relevant experience. And um, that's something that I'd say is important, you know, like invest in having your resume show that experience at the top, have a a summary at the top that says what you're really doing are and try to keep things as um, concise and specific as you can if it's possible you know work with a resume writer or a career coach um and then in some instances depending on where you're at with your career it's not a bad idea to go and check out some staffing companies because they can sometimes provide depending on the place some direction with your resume um but yeah just highlighting that relevant experience is key because like i said in my instance i went from working for a consumer goods company now healthcare company and I still you know applying for this job I had to play up okay yes it's two different industries but I know how to talk to the media I know what the news wants to cover I know what is interesting because you know these are my skills up to this point so you have to find that relatable experience right that's good and yeah then leveraging your network is the other I mean just like huge one that I have to comment on because literally every job I've had is because of a connection I had. At Wilden, it was somebody who, I had a class with her in college, and I, I knew she was working there, and I reached out, and she was nice enough to give a recommendation. So anything you can do to get ahead of, you know, just that online application and have an actual person say, oh, hey, I know this person, I think they'd be worth at least a first interview, talk to them. Um, and then the same thing happened to me with Northwestern, somebody that I haven't in years, we were just connected on Instagram from college, but she was working there, and I reached out, and 
she happened to have the office right next door to my boss. So, <laughs> yeah, so she was able to help, you know, get that word in. Um, so it's so important to keep good connections with people. And, um, yeah, I just, every, everybody should know, like, don't burn your bridges. You don't have to love everybody, but keep things professional. Keep things, um, you know, the, as positive as you can because you never know when that connection will help you out. Right. Facts. Facts. Very true. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to owe somebody five bucks. And the next thing you know, you're trying to get a job like, oh, damn, you're my boss. Like, yeah, we're not hiring no more. That would suck. All right. Well, um, now we had, um, you shared with me the week prior, a blog about anxiety. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like to deliver that to our listening audience today. 13 tips on how to deal with anxiety. Uh, close. It's 13 ways to help a friend who's dealing with anxiety. Ah, okay. But I think there's a lot of good information, you know, to keep in mind and also just to help people out. So let me just go to that. Um, so yeah, this was posted on the Northwestern Medicine blog. So if anyone would like to check it out or check out other articles on there, you can go to N as in Northwestern, mm-hmm. M as in medicine.org. And then if you put that newsroom, there's a lot of different blog posts uh, about all sorts of topics and, you know, uh, certainly a lot related right now to COVID-19, but it's in different ways. So um, this one, the advice did come from one of our licensed clinical professional counselors. His name is Rob Gottlieb, and he works with Central DuPage Hospital. Um, But so he put together this really great list. And, you know, a lot of people are struggling with anxiety right now. There's a lot of unknowns tied to the pandemic, or maybe they have their own stressors of, um, you know, being home with their kids, and they've, I mean, school's wrapping up for a lot now, but they've been helping their kids with e-learning, or, um, you know, they're not certain about their job, and things of that nature, so um, I will just, I won't go through all 13, but I will talk through a lot of these. Okay. Uh, so the first one was, you know, ask if they, if somebody does come to you and wants to talk to you, ask if they want advice or if they just want you to listen. Um, because sometimes, you know, that's enough. Like, a lot of us can relate to if you're talking to somebody about something and they're trying to throw out whatever, oh, you should do this, you should do this. And people really, a lot of times people with anxiety, they're already overwhelmed, so you're just kind of making them feel more overwhelmed and that there's a list of things that they should do. So... I thought that was a, a good tip about asking if they want advice from you or if they just need a vent to get it out. Right. Um, another one was don't judge. This one I think we all need to keep in mind. You know, what makes one person anxious might not make another person anxious. Just like pain is subjective, um, anxiety is the same way. So do your best to put yourself in their shoes, even if it's something you wouldn't worry about. Just try to understand where they're coming from. And don't make them feel like, criticized or cut down um, for what they're feeling anxious about, if that makes sense. Um, we also have on here that, you know, you relating is a good thing. Um, 